Welcome to Advancing the Agenda. I'm Michael Abramson. Today's topic is the Speaker of the House and the U.S. House of Representatives. Today, the U.S. House of Representatives selected Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana to be the next Speaker of the House. All Republican members of the House of Representatives at the vote voted for Congressman Johnson. Congressman Johnson is in his fourth congressional term. During this term, he has served on the Judiciary and Armed Services Committee, and he is vice chairman of the House Republican Conference. The House of Representatives had been without a speaker for three weeks, that is, since October 3rd, when Speaker McCarthy was removed from the speakership. This vacancy has had two major consequences. First, the Speaker of the House is the second in line to the presidency after the vice president. Without a speaker in place, the U.S. has been operating with a deficient plan for continuity of government in case of the unexpected. Second, the House of Representatives has not been able to have votes because only the Speaker can bring votes to the floor of the House and initiate the voting process. Consequently, Congress was not able to vote on the aid packages for Israel and Ukraine, and Congress was not able to vote on bills to fund the government. Congress and the President have only funded the government through November 17th. So, without a speaker, government funding becomes a real problem. This podcast will discuss what the speaker does, the removal of Kevin McCarthy, and the subsequent votes for speaker. I'll then offer a theory as to why it has been so difficult to select a speaker, and I'll give suggestions on where to go from here. The U.S. Constitution, in Article 1, Section 2, states that the House of Representatives shall select a speaker. The Constitution does not state how the Congress shall select a speaker. The House has determined that the Speaker's duties includes administering the oath of office to representatives, giving permission to representatives to speak on the floor, bringing votes to the floor, receiving communications from the President and various government agencies, and, as I stated earlier, the Speaker of the House is second in line to the presidency, and this is due to the Presidential Succession Act of 1947. The Speaker is also the spokesperson for the party which holds the majority in the House of Representatives, which in this case is the Republicans. The Speaker's role is very important for the Republican Party as a whole because Democrats control the Senate and the presidency. The House of Representatives contains 435 members. 221 are Republicans, 212 are Democrats, and there are two vacancies. On January 7, 2023, the House of Representatives selected Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California as the Speaker of the House. Congress held 15 votes in this Speaker's race. In the background of these votes, Congresspersons engaged in various negotiations. For example, they agreed to various rules for how the House would operate, certain individuals were placed on various committees, and the House agreed that votes on a bill would not occur until 72 hours had passed since the release of the bill. This amount of time was so that Congresspersons could read the bills before they voted on them. The House also agreed that one person, either Republican or Democrat, could bring a motion to the floor called the motion to vacate the Speaker. Previously, this motion needed the support of the majority party. On October 2nd, Congressman Matt Gates of Florida 
offered his motion to vacate the chair. Congress ultimately voted to remove Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Eight Republican congresspersons voted for his removal. They were Matt Gates of Florida, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Ken Buck of Colorado, Tim Burchett of Tennessee, Eli Crane of Arizona, Bob Good of Virginia, Nancy Mace of South Carolina, and Matt Rosendale of Montana. To give some context to Speaker McCarthy's removal, it is important to understand the fate of two government funding bills prior to Speaker McCarthy being voted out of the Speakership. On September 29th, a spending bill introduced by Speaker McCarthy failed. The bill would have funded the government for 30 days. This bill drastically reduced government spending and also greatly increased security on the border. It therefore would have fulfilled two of the Republicans' main objectives. Congressman Matt Gates, along with 20 other Republicans, voted against this bill. One of their reasons for voting against this 30-day bill was that Congress should be passing 12 separate appropriations bills, rather than one large bill. Speaker McCarthy had agreed to this request before he became Speaker. It should be noted that Congress was working on these 12 appropriations bills. On September 30th, Speaker McCarthy introduced a bill which would have funded the government until November 17th. This bill passed in the House, but not all of the Republicans supported it. So, the government funding bill required the support of congressional Democrats. Speaker McCarthy had stated Speaker McCarthy had stated that this bill was necessary because he wanted to avoid a government shutdown. The bill passed the Senate and President Biden signed it. After McCarthy's ouster, Congressional Republicans selected Congressman Steve Scalise as their nominee for Speaker of the House. Before Congress had even held a vote on Congressman Scalise's speakership bid, Congressman Scalise dropped out of the race. He did so because he knew that he did not have enough Republican support to win the speakership. The Republicans' next choice to be Speaker was Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Congress held three votes on Congressman Jordan becoming Speaker. In the first vote, 20 Republicans voted against him. In the second, 22 Republicans. And in the third, 25 Republicans. After these votes, Congressman Jordan decided to withdraw his name from consideration as Speaker. On Tuesday, October 24th, House Republicans nominated Congressman Tom Emmer of Minnesota, the Republican whip, to be the next Speaker of the House. Later in the day, however, Congressman Emmer dropped out of the Speaker's race. Two dozen House Republicans stated that they would not support him. In addition, President Donald Trump posted in Truth Social that he did not support Congressman Emmer becoming Speaker. Ever since Speaker McCarthy has been voted out of the Speakership, Congressman Patrick McHenry has been serving as the Speaker pro tempore of the Congress. This position was created after the 9-11 terrorist attacks in 2001. The purpose was to continue continuity of the government if anything were to happen to the Speaker. At the beginning of his time as Speaker, Speaker McCarthy gave a list to the Clerk of the House of Representatives, which had names of individuals who would serve as Congressman Pro Temp. In his role, Speaker Pro Temp McHenry could not bring bills to the floor of the House. Therefore, no House votes could occur. 
Some in Congress had floated the idea of giving the Speaker pro tem more power, such as the power to bring bills to the House floor. This proposal was never voted upon. Regarding the Republicans' experience with the House Speaker, two points are necessary. First, it's only fair to discuss the impact that Congressman Kevin McCarthy had on the 2022 midterm elections. For the 2022 cycle, McCarthy is responsible for raising close to $500 million. His personal campaign and affiliated PACs raised over $150 million, and the McCarthy-aligned Congressional Leadership Committee raised $342 million. In addition, McCarthy personally traveled thousands of miles to rally support for Republican candidates. While I'm of the opinion that political candidates should have the same amount of money so that we select people based on their qualifications rather than the types of campaigns that they can finance, I'm also a realist and know that money is critical in politics. Congressman McCarthy should be praised for the work that he's done. Second, when one steps back and looks at the Speaker's votes, it becomes apparent that the Republican conference was quite united. In the case of Speaker McCarthy, only eight people voted against him. Therefore, he had the support of 96% of House Republicans. For Congressman Jordan, only 25 people voted against him. Therefore, he had the support of 88.5% of House Republicans. While these numbers show consensus, the impression was that the House Republicans were in disarray. This impression could have been avoided if House Republicans had come to a decision before they brought a candidate to the House floor. They should have kept their disagreements private. The drama of the past three weeks was likely magnified by the problems that the Republicans had in choosing a speaker in January. It took the Republicans 15 rounds to elect Kevin McCarthy as speaker. The Republicans had had since the November election until January 3rd to come to a decision on a speaker. By needing 15 rounds to elect Congressman McCarthy as speaker, the Republicans looked disorganized and in conflict with one another. Ultimately, one of the problems for the Republicans in both elections for speaker was that their majority in the House was so small and electing a speaker required near unanimity. Many reasons can explain why unanimity was difficult to obtain. Candidates may have been seen as too conservative or too moderate. In addition, personal animosities could have gotten in the way. In this recent three-week journey to elect a House Speaker, one of the reasons that candidates may have had difficulty in getting the votes is that they had nothing to trade for in return. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, when Speaker McCarthy was elected, it was preceded by weeks of negotiations. Speaker McCarthy promised changes to various rules, the appointment of certain people to various committees, and to bring certain bills to the floor for a vote. In the current situation, since this term of the House of Representatives has already started, a Republican nominee for Speaker, in exchange for a vote of support from one of his colleagues, could not have promised changes to the House rules or seats on a committee because the congressional session had already started. This situation made negotiations for votes more difficult. Looking back at the selection of Speaker, I would like to offer a few suggestions to House Republicans. First, when Republicans are facing a difficult situation for which they are the only ones that can solve the problem, they should stay in Washington and come up with a solution. In this case, Congress was out of session 
from October 3rd to October 16th. Republicans should have used that time to determine who the next Speaker of the House would be. Republicans should not keep the country in limbo. Second, in the future, when Republicans are determining the rules of the House, they should not have a situation in which it only takes one person to bring a motion to vacate the chair, that is, remove the Speaker. Republicans were lucky that they were not in a situation in which they would have had to rely on House Democrats to get a Speaker elected. If that had occurred, the Republican agenda would have been torpedoed, and the results could range from excessive government spending to cancellation of the impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. Let's move on to the next segment, which is listener questions. Dave from Utah asks, with President Trump being up so much in the polls, should the Republicans cancel the remaining presidential debates? Thanks for the question, Dave. I think the Republicans should continue their debates. That being said, however, the candidates should not be allowed to hurt the party. The viewership for the second debate dropped almost 3.5 million people from the first debate. That is from 13 million down to 9.5 million. As I've said before, I think that one of the reasons for this decline is the candidates talking over one another. What we don't want to happen is for individuals to be turned away from the Republican Party because of the debates. The RNC must ensure that the candidates do not keep interrupting each other. The second question comes from Stacy in Georgia. Stacy asks, why don't we hear more from Senate Republicans regarding the possible corruption in the Biden family? Hi, Stacy. This is a great observation, and unfortunately, I don't have a very good answer for you. There are certainly some senators, such as Senator Ted Cruz, who are speaking out against President Biden and the Biden family. But we don't hear a lot from the Senate leadership. Earlier this summer, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell stated, quote, impeachment ought to be rare. This is not good for the country. In the middle of September, Minority Leader McConnell then stated that he was not going to provide any advice to Speaker McCarthy and that he would not interfere with the House's impeachment inquiry. We'll see what happens as the House impeachment inquiry continues and if more evidence against President Joe Biden and the Biden family emerges. Please keep the listener questions coming. Instructions on how to do so are in the episode details of the podcast. I look forward to speaking with everyone next time on Advancing the Agenda.